you remember the night, because uh, we've been friends for a while, and, you know, little comments and reactions, uh, as most of Facebook, you know, because um, I haven't got to meet, you know, 99% of anybody. But I love the way you write. Your words are very honest. They're very solid. It's a great perspective. And that night I read the part with, you put your heart out there, you know, a tough thing to do uh, in the public. And you were missing family and this whole, you know, last year of isolation. And and I uh, I don't know, it, I really struck a nerve with me. And I, I wrote you that very lengthy piece, not sure if you'd even respond or what it would be. I just uh, felt like I knew you then. And like now, I feel like I'm talking to one of my oldest friends. I, <laughs> it's crazy. I had the same reaction. And uh, your reaction was one of those... Uh... Uh, things that I remembered uh, and that just went to my heart because um, um, I also at that point I was aware of you of course and uh, had loved your work. Uh, I was actually thinking this evening how it's been over 25 years or something and it's amazing that I had no idea back then that I'd be talking to you one day and getting that response from you when uh, for many people it would of course be easier not to say anything especially if it's kind of a stranger at that point. Um, yeah. So your response really meant a lot. And also just your kind words uh, right now about my writing and everything. I'm really glad about that. And uh, I wanted to mention about that, how uh, glad I am that we are having this discussion because uh, one of the hopes I had with the podcast when I was having to spend a lot of time just alone, actually already before the virus situation developed, just because of how my life was at that point. Um, I hope to be reaching out to other people and uh, and maybe even hear back from some of them who kind of maybe seeing the world in a similar way or that I could relate to. Uh, I've sometimes talked in past episodes about people who are on the same wavelength who can immediately connect. I've had that happen a few times in my life where you start a discussion with someone and it's immediately easy and you don't even need to work at it. And that was honestly how it was with me when we talked for the first time. Right, right. It's uh, it's rare for me to uh, make such a statement like I did to you because that was pretty lengthy and heartfelt. But uh, once I feel something, I I just do it. There's no second guessing. I just know I just know it's it's right or feels right for me. You never know response but you know it it's uh it's brought a number of people and and uh people i really respect don't know them just respect who they are what they've done um that have turned around and uh like just giving me a you know a, a venting <laughs> like the last one went on and on just in the middle of the night some messages came in and i don't know if it's uh my reply i don't i, I really don't know but then they finally said, thank you. I mean, I have no idea why I wanted to vent to you, and I feel a million dollars better. And I was like, well, cool, anytime. I don't know. I should have went into therapy. I mean, that's kind of showbiz, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I rem- just a short anecdote. Uh, I just have to tell it because I, you may know that I love the work of David Lynch a lot, and he told a story about one time in his life when he thought about starting therapy and he went to a psychiatrist, I think it was, and he first asked, uh, will this affect my creativity if I start therapy? And the guy answered, honestly, it might. 
And then David Lynch decided not to do it because he didn't want anything to get in the way of his creativity. And of course, then he found other ways to deal with those things. Yes, and he's one of my favorites too. I mean, big time. Um, yeah, and like the ADHD, I totally didn't know about for a while. I mean, I was, I don't know, um, this was 1998 or something. And um, my nickname for my, I have all sisters, is Tigger. Because Tiggers and Winnie the Pooh, Tiggers oh, yeah. bounce, um, which is me. So I had all this nice insurance, and I thought, well, I haven't been to the doctor in forever, so I went in and just had everything checked, just make sure I do everything's fine. But uh, and then I told him, you know what? I'm always so hyper. I mean, um, so he said, well, it could be your thyroid, could be this. And then uh, after a little while, he goes, have you ever heard of ADD, ADHD? And I'd heard of it vaguely, but not really, because back then still. And uh, sent me to Dr. Ali Khan in Beverly Hills, uh, the foremost ADHD psycho doctor or whatever. And spent two days with him. And he said, oh, yeah, you have it. And you need to take uh, this. And I looked it up. And it's uh, like a form of Ritalin. And then there was, you know, something else. I, well, I took that for like two days. And went, no, 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 I hate that. It feels terrible. And he said, oh, here, this is much, you know, it's a little stronger. It's also whatever they use for that. And I looked up the uh, side effects, looked at all of it, and I went, no. And it mentioned can uh, stifle creativity, uh, you know, can also make you focus. But I went, you know what? I've been bouncing my whole life. I've done okay. I'll just bounce. And so uh, so I probably should take medicine for it. But I don't. I just I don't need to. <laughs> I think you may have been very wise about that. Uh, some people, of course, really can't deal with things without it and maybe it's good to use at least for a time but um, well you are sharing openly I can also say that there was a time when I was using uh, something uh, some medication that was you know I was having basically depression and um, I tried that solution but after some time using it I noticed that I just didn't feel like myself and of course the reason is that any medication that affects your brain chemistry it changes your personality because that's kind of the same thing. Uh, you can't do something to your brain, uh, what's happening in your brain without affecting who you are. So then I stopped and it's been many years now. And uh, I wish already at the time when I was making that decision that I had found other ways to deal with it um, because it can be insidious how it affects your life. You may not realize that you're not quite yourself. Yeah, I've seen it. I've seen people. They become... Uh, somber, uh, lethargic, uh, uh, you know, I, I think feels some creativity, you know, it may help in the other reasons, uh, maybe they're not going to kill themselves or something, but uh, definitely I've seen an effect on, on other people, and uh, I just didn't want it, I, uh, I'd rather just be like I am, I'd rather bounce, people say, bounce, well, it's fine, I do, if I'm in pain, I want a pain pill, now that's different, but that's, you know, something else. Yes. Then I uh, want to jump to another topic or, well, this is, of course, kind of all the same topic. We are talking of creativity in many different ways and dealing with life and so on. But I want to make sure that we get around to talking about your upcoming book of poetry. You mentioned that you had an earlier title for that, but then had found a new one. And I love that new title. Could you share that title so I don't accidentally misquote and uh, talk a bit about that book? Yeah, I mean, uh I first started writing just right after Fantas. I started writing some of the poems because uh, I think Victoria read some poems in my book. 
thought they were good. And so I wrote some for the game, and then, uh, you know, and then I was focusing on the dark years because they were the ones I had to pull myself through. And I thought, and my, my poetry is not normal. I mean, it's a very self-realization. Uh, it's kind of, I, I, you know, the whole point, and I think it will, it's going to help, you know, uh, hopefully a number of people, even just one piece, get their um, insight to where they're at or uh, realization to move forward or something to, uh, to help because I definitely have been through uh, a lot and it comes out in the poetry. So uh, Out of the Darkness was the title, but I've changed it. I like uh, Awake I Dream, which is one of my, my favorite pieces I wrote. And... I think it's a little bit more positive. Uh, so, yep, and it's almost done. I have it all laid out on four shelves in front of me. I just need a little more illustration. I went ahead and decided to add eight more. I mean, I got ten in Roberta's book, and good Lord, of course, they're different kind of books, but, you know, they're quite a bit bigger, and poetry books are not always too big to begin with. But I think mine is looking at 80 pages uh, right now. I'm really pleased with it. I hope so, because once it goes out, that's it. <laughs> uh, no one's read really anything. Uh, so I do have an editor that's looked at a few pieces, and, but not all of it. But soon, hopefully you all have it out very soon, That gummit. See, it's that terrible procrastination you do with yourself. You know, if, if I was doing this for somebody else, I'd have had it done. I rewrite, and I rewrite, and then I stop it and go, no, go back to the original. Why'd you do that for it? You know, it's just too much second guessing and and uh, got nervous and I thought, well, maybe I should let people read it first, somebody, and uh, <laughs> give me something and I'm just going to put it out there. Just like I'm talking to you now, I'm just going to put it out there and it is what it is. I really love that title. Uh, I think you found the perfect one. It describes a lot about your personality and, uh, and I can, of course, relate to it a lot because have the time I'm somewhere else in my thoughts um, uh, I kind of live with stories in my head all the time uh, not not just my own but I mean uh, all the things I've taken in during my life and that have stayed with me and so half of me in the clouds so to speak all the time right you don't have to be asleep to dream I dream just as much when I'm awake as I do when I'm asleep it's the same with me could you mention the illustrator you mentioned that it's going to be illustrated also Yes, uh, Artist of the Americas from last year, Rodrigo, uh, brilliant, just a really brilliant artist. Uh, yes, he, he sent me, uh, they're all originals, so I'll, I'll make sure, uh, you know, there'll be a couple pages to him in the book. He's done some stuff on Phantas in the past, uh, just really awesome stuff and such a good friend, so I am, I'm blown away that he's illustrating my book for me. I wouldn't. I, I would have never thought to ask. I, you know, it's just I'm just lucky. Now, see, just like the guy asking me why I was down and ended up getting my van fixed in days, and I mean, just I've been so lucky my whole life with great souls, uh, just like you, coming into my life. Uh, it's been so lucky. I hope it's karma going out, coming in. I, I don't know why else I, I've had such good people, good fortune. 
Oh, I think it is. I want to mention this right away. I got、um, a message just now from Nicole Ether, who works with you.、Uh, she said, and、uh, she was messaging earlier when we were starting this recording, just getting the technical side working for both of us, and、uh, she suggested asking this question of you. What sparked your interest in acting? Did you always want to become an actor, or is there another profession or career path you may have taken?、Um, I'm happy with the, the acting. You know, I really want to end up like these these couple projects maybe coming up or something. I don't even know about. So I'm happy with that part. We didn't have the History Channel when I was growing up. Now, if we'd have had the History Channel, I would definitely have wanted to be an archaeologist and a geologist. I like the two combined. I like to dig in the dirt. I like histories.、Uh, I like to look because、uh, I don't think we're being taught exactly our correct history of <laughs> how long we've been here and what has happened before.、And、I would love to have been out there trying to discover that, but I'm just going to have to play one of those in a movie and stay with the acting. I saw in the background just、uh, a few of your paintings. Also, I love that you're also doing that. You're kind of trying all the fields,、uh, like many of my favorite creative people in general.、Um, uh, when did you start painting? And、uh, may we maybe see those someday? Let me let me put a caveat on this because I am no painter. I cannot color and stay inside the lines, which is good. I like to be outside the lines and everything anyway. And、uh, this is the places you go, like、uh, take my sister, or my mom, or. You know, and you take a bottle of wine, and they teach you how to paint. And so,、uh, yeah, my first one was a Van Gogh, which I thought there's no way. I mean, that's、no, okay. It, it resembles it, but you have to remember drinking a bottle of wine at the same time, which was really half fun. That's the kind of places I painted, not for real, real. I want to make sure I get also around to these questions that Nelson and Michael had. Nelson wanted to ask particularly about something we've already touched on a little bit. What Nelson wanted to ask about was particularly about how do you deal with the more difficult times when there's not necessarily much on the horizon, or there's not that kind of feeling of the wind on your back. What do you do when things get tough? Right. Well, thanks to Nicole and thanks to Nelson, and I love the music, dude. Uh, thanks for the questions too. Yeah, I know. You know, especially in showbiz. I mean, it's it's a lot of dark times. I mean, because there's very little that happens for so many. I mean, this. You know, uh, uh, when I when I was teaching、uh, an advanced class, and these were really good actors, and I was doing a lot at that time, and I would go in and say, okay,、um, how many auditions? Everybody, two, three, four, what? How many? How many callbacks? Three of you had a callback. Really? Well, that's what we need to work on then.、Just、need to get past that. That you know, need to walk in the first time and and move past that. And so they said, "Well, what, what about you?" And I said, "Well, I write." And this is way back. I mean, I've written.、Uh, I have a couple of musicals, probably 19 screenplays. I've never let anybody read anything, but I write what I would like to see. And I took courses in writing. I was a script reader for the studio for a while and stuff. So I don't know why it's taking me forever just to let anybody read it. It's really hadn't. <laughs> Now everybody's gonna read everything all at once. So I use writing, you know, and then、um, then I use the other activities, you know. I love hiking and camping. I love outdoors, so I would do stuff like that. I would leave L.A. I would go into the mountains, and they got all these old gold mines. And not that you're gonna find any gold, but it's just fun to dig through the rocks. I'd have massage, so I'd learn what the what they consisted of, what they looked at.、And, Like I said, I would have been a geologist and archaeologist, 
had we had the History Channel when I was young, probably never would have been an actor. Something about the fresh air and the quiet, the quiet at the night. I mean, uh, it was uh, reminded me of growing up on the farm in East Texas. But uh, yeah, and I had several telescopes. Loved to look up at the stars. Uh, and I actually, <laughs> and I always went by myself because uh, not a lot of people in L.A. You know, well, like I asked one of my buddies that been in a couple movies with me. I say, hey, dude, you want to go up in the mountains and, uh, you know, camp a night or two? And he goes, yeah, which hotel? I went, camp. You mean in a tent? I went, I mean, yeah, I guess we could put the tent in a hotel room. It's not quite the same thing. <laughs> he didn't go. He didn't go. It's just peace and quiet. You can reflect on everything and get your, uh, get your karma and your gi back in order. Settle your mind because, you know, L.A., scrambles your mind quite a bit. I actually would have guessed, even before you told me, that you must be physically very active. You look like you're in great shape. Well, not in the shape I used to be, but yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty healthy. Pretty healthy, and I've definitely carried my my years good. I mean, I haven't changed much. I've matured to my Sean Connery look, you know, the, the uh, <clears throat> leading male actor thing, uh, not the baby cute face thing first because that, that was such a problem when I first got to LA all the roles I wanted to do I couldn't even read for it they wouldn't even read them you know I wanted to be MacGyver or you know, things like that Steve McQueen uh, baby of face especially when they put the makeup on and my blue eyes and I did like somebody that should be saying hey you want to get ice cream and a pop you know and I, I hated that stuff I wanted to act heck but and it all came around so now it's a great time I think great time for me to Go ahead and take off again. What was your favorite work out of all the things you've done? Did you like the horror things or uh, or something else? What's your favorite part of what you've done? Well, being a true-born natural Texan, I figured I'd be doing westerns, and I didn't ever, ever get to read for one damn western. I did. I went in for one, and read. She goes, oh, no, we need real southern accent. I go, well, this is real southern. And she said, no, like that. And I went, well, that's that's Georgia. There's different dialects in Southern, but yeah, okay. So I didn't get to do any Westerns. I didn't plan on, I just planned on working, you know, and somehow it turned out to be lots of horror films. I got killed in everything, <laughs> including Phantasm. <laughs> Phantasm is my favorite job of all, by far. The, the others were probably movies, you know, and some, some TV shows, Jag and you know, Drew Carey, some some of those were really fun. Um, movies, Street Soldiers and The Chandler. And some, some of the movies I did was really fun. Street Soldiers was the first one that ever even got into a theater. And it was only there for a week. And it was like when Desert Storm, the first war started, you know. And nobody really wanted to go to a movie and watch a bunch of young guys getting killed right at that moment. It was terrible timing. Loved it. That was a blast. Uh, and The Chandler, that was fun too. The street soldiers actually got in a theater for like a week or something. I, I have a picture of me standing under a marquee in Lone Beach pointing up to my name on the... <laughs> it's about as, as good as it got. And uh, I guess uh, that, was, that was a ways into it because I, I already had a, a monetary value to my international name, which, you know, that happens more than... Um, you, you get famous overseas a lot of times. Uh, or Well, not famous. Known than... Uh, then in America first, unless you do some big blockbuster. But so that Street Soldiers came out, and I mean, it was only there for a week, and straight to blockbuster. I had like 
12 films at Blockbuster at one time. I made, made the star Rolodex. I went around Hollywood and I tore out the page with my name on them. It was David Holm and Henry Fonda, back to back on the big fat book when you walked in, you know, <laughs> Blockbuster. So I took all those pages, I admit it, stole them all, ripped them out from my uh, memories <laughs> book. But I did that Street Soldiers film, and then uh, my agent called me and said they wanted, some people in Mexico wanted to do a film. And man and woman, nice four-piece suits, uh, just uh, wanted me to come to Mexico and be the American star of a Mexican picture. With Jorge Luque and Maritza, you know, big, big stars for them. He, George Lucas, that's what his name means. That's how big he is in Mexico, Jorge. He's done a lot of American films, too, a lot. But, uh, so... Agreed on a price, and uh, my deal memo conditions was like bottled water on set, my own room with a bathroom. <laughs> I wasn't real picky. And then got on the plane. They had somebody escort me down. So got on the plane at LAX to head down there, and hands me the script, and the whole thing's in Spanish. I went, uh, you know, we didn't discuss this. I don't really, uh, I mean, I know some Spanish, but I, you know, really speak it. And uh, turns out I, I didn't have to, even the director, Spoke almost no English. He go, oh, Debbie, Debbie, okay. Hey, como esta? Ah. And he would kind of do this little thing. And, uh, okay, 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 okay. You know, and I would kind of do what he thought he wanted. And he go, all right, cut that. Oh, excellent. And I was like, I have no idea what I'm doing. It was almost, it was, it was crazy. I had a blast freaking doing it. And then uh, Jorge Luque and I became good friends. And, uh, he was in the Magnificent Eight and uh, I don't know, whatever. And so he'd, you know, go into Hollywood uh, and do big movies, A movies. And he'd crash at the house and uh, like a lot of people did. James Drury, the Virginian, he always crashed at my house when he came to town. Uh, had a cool place, like a revolving door, like an orphanage. That's what it was, my house. <laughs> anyway, uh, he and I were driving down Sunset Boulevard about a year and a half after we did that. We're sitting at a light, and he goes, holy shit, look over there. And it was a video store, and it had the poster, Mente Criminale. Uh, crazy Moon, I think it means, I'm not sure. Uh, and I had made it in my deal that I wanted my name on the poster. And so it said, you know, starring David Holm and Jorge Luque. And looked at it and went, oh, my gosh. So we went and uh, bought a copy of it, went home, watched it. It's all in Spanish. And I was crying at the end because it turns out I was, I was a hero. I saved the whole, I saved everybody. Um, I didn't know that when I was shooting it, but, uh, yeah, it turned out I was actually sitting there crying because I was like, oh, you go, man. You saved everybody. <laughs> it was, it was a lot of fun. That was a lot of fun. It was like a paid vacation. That sounded like a great experience. Then you also mentioned, um, uh, your interest in theater, of course, we mentioned that earlier, but, um, you might also be interested in doing something in that field. I did, uh, well, did so much theater growing up. I only did two stage theatrical productions in L.A., and they were uh, very specific and, uh, I don't know what the right word to say is, I knew uh, important. Uh, I like to do stuff that's extra special to come across it, and that's how I got the Drew Carey show. Uh, this guy was a photographer for Jim Morrison, and because uh, he had all these photos. He's one of the, I guess, main photographers. Anyway, an old guy. And uh, he'd written this play, so it was me and 12 women that uh, all got naked and stood behind me at the end of the play. So I was facing the wrong direction, so I never got to <laughs> enjoy that. But yeah, so I had to, uh, you know, I played Jim Morrison, and 
it was a lot of work. I was very nervous at that one. My hair was very long. Uh, and Jim Morrison happens to be one voice I can almost identically mimic singing. It's just in the perfect range. And the show opened with me singing, this is the end, my only friend. That song, acapella, no music. So I was extremely nervous. And so I was at my agent's house the night before opening. She was getting ready to take some people there too to see it. And got my car and I was driving there and I turned on the radio and uh, it was a rock and roll station in LA. And she goes, okay, well this is the anniversary of Jim Morrison being arrested which is so weird because I sing that song in the beginning and then I go, <laughs> I got arrested today for stealing liquor on an airplane. You know, the little bottles off the cart. That's what she said on the radio. She goes, this is the anniversary of Jim Morrison being arrested, stealing liquor on an airplane. And she played, so let's hear some Morrison. And she played, this is the end. As I'm driving to the theater, which is almost exactly the opening of the play. And my nerves went away and I, it was great. I was very proud of what it did. Wish I had a copy or could have seen it, but and some really old, gray-haired, long gray-haired couple came up afterwards, and they go, "Dude, how old are you?" Oh no, wow, you're too young, man. Because we were at the whiskey when Jim, you know, got on stage and did his thing. Man, you, he, he's, wow, dude, he's 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 uh, channeling through you. Uh, it was cool. It was very cool. And then casting director for Drew Carey was in the show, and that's that's how I got uh, the Drew Carey show. So. I mean, Everything for a reason. But we only did one show. I don't know what it was. Something psyched out the guy that wrote it. Uh, we got a call, and it, the reviews were great. And the next day, got a call, and uh, he had a nervous breakdown and pulled the plug on everything. Like, after all that work, and and we got great review of, we're, you know, it's going to be a nice running little show. So we got one show out of it. It's a great experience, but I got Drew Carey out of it. So you never know. That sounds like an awesome thing. I wish um, back then recording had been easier, so there may have been some memento of it that way. These days, I guess, when you do a play, it's very easy to film, of course. I didn't uh, I didn't think of it at the time, of course. I don't know why I didn't think of it, but or maybe I assumed he was recording it, because you know, usually people set up a video camera at least, and director, producer, and record. That I would have liked to have seen. How uncanny is that? That a on the way to the theater, turn the radio on, and that's the message in the song. And that's how I start the whole show. And I asked the director, did you know, when I got to the theater, did you know this is the 25th anniversary of him getting arrested? And he goes, no. I went, oh, wow. So I knew it was going to be perfect. I just, that set it off. My nerves completely went away because I hadn't walked out and sang a cappello ever before. <laughs> Karaoke, yeah. a little drunk, you know, and we all do that. That's awesome. The coincidence, or if it was a coincidence, I like to always believe that there's kind of meaning to things like that. When I was doing the writing for the first game that I worked on called Grey Matter, written by Jane Jensen, I was kind of stunned when an important date in the game came up. And um, I know, of course, that in no way did Jane Jensen even know and that had nothing to do with her choosing that date. But there's a really important date you need to find out in that story, in that game. And it happened to be exactly my birthday, uh, October 21st. The first game I work on, my birthday appeared on it, and it kind of just felt nice. That is very cool. Uh, October 21st, your fellow Libra. I'm the 18th. Oh, yeah. Okay, that makes sense then, why it's so easy to talk among ourselves. 
we are creative, you know, we're poets and artists and uh, says balanced scales. That's not always true, but uh, the rest of it I agree with. I think I, I've come to terms that I think it, the balanced scales thing really means how I how I am with others. Because I, I basically I have no enemies. I've never really had an enemy. I've just always gotten along so well. But I've also been such an ear and such a such a you know uh, helpful friend. I guess uh, you know to so many, and that's what I like the most. I love being able to do the slightest thing, something you know, help anybody, whatever way. I think that's a very important thing to be here to, to do. And uh, so that's what I think the balance skills mean. I, I used to think it was about me, and I realized that I can't be right. <laughs> it's about others. It's all about others. I wish the world would think the same thing. If we all thought it's really about everybody else, you know, uh, it would be a different place than it is right now. Then, again, uh, jumping around a bit, Michael wanted to know, would you be interested in appearing at a retro gaming convention? Yeah, absolutely. I still have my costume. Of course, now the difficulty is that the world situation is such that it probably can't happen right away. I hope it all changes this year. I really do. I mean, people are being vaccinated, and, uh, you know, but I don't, I don't know, you know, every, every week it changes. Worldwide, you know, just one thing and then it's another, and I've never seen such a screwed up mess. I've never been able to not get on an airplane and fly and travel anywhere, and there's uh, uh, so much, uh, like the show that I'm talking about coming up, you know, that's going to be worldwide. We'll start the pilot in America, but no one's go to Canada next, and, you know, can't even, can't even go to Canada. That's ridiculous never heard of this so i really hope things open up this world and yeah i would love to do a, a retro game thing that'd be so fun to me that'd be a, a kick it'd be a, a lot of fun i credit uh simone i, I credit a, a great deal to acting uh, my acting uh to my acting uh experience what i can bring to it and was uh traveling i mean i've been to 39 countries i think at this point um and that was, you know, I started when I was 22 or something. That's when I got a passport and uh, went to Jamaica and, and England and France and rented a motorcycle in France and drove to Spain and Monaco, Monte Carlo, and, you know, all by myself. And just had a great, it was a little bit different world then, had a wonderful time. But just going around and seeing, well, I love the history. I go to the museum. First place I go to is museums, look at the, uh, the history and I love it. Uh, but to see the people, see how they live, uh, get a feel, taste the food, drink the booze, learn the, you know, what, what, what is life is like there, really added to so much of my personal experience <clears throat> to bring, uh, you know, things to life and, and in the acting world. That sounds awesome. I, I didn't actually know that you had traveled that much. Uh, was this, um, what decade would that have been, or do you mean over all these decades? Uh, let's see, that would have been 84, my first trip out of the country, and hardly anybody in my family really left the country, hardly anybody I knew at that point, so yeah, and I didn't even tell people, I didn't even tell my family I left, sent them postcards from England to France, and you know, they, they were a little pissed because I <laughs> didn't get where I was going, but I had no problem, I never had a problem being alone traveling then. Only part that sucks now is because, uh, you know, I've got all these uh, 
Polaroids and pictures of me standing under something, like pointing up to it, that I had a tourist take of me. Obviously, I was alone all over. But I had a had a good time. Uh, it was a good growth for me. I would I can't wait to start traveling. This this is all going to clear up and stuff. Hopefully by the end of the year. Hopefully by September. Well, soon as it does. Hopefully I'm ready to travel. I'm ready to come to Finland. I've never been to Finland. I was going to say maybe we'll even see you, see you over here, or if not, maybe I can come over there. You are welcome here anytime. I've got everything. You got a, don't even need to rent a car. Got a car. You can just tootle around. Y'all drive on the right or the left side of the road? We drive on the right side, so right side also in that sense for me. Great. Uh, we don't really have too many roundabouts here, but everything else is the same. So you're welcome, my friend, anytime. I don't know what uh, what the future lies. I'm open for whatever. I haven't really put it out there that I do any acting jobs or anything, but I guess I'm put it out now. I'm open for whatever. But what I do know is coming up. It's going to be a good amount of travel in you know, Italy, Spain, Germany, uh, South America, all over Japan. So I just can't wait for that to happen. And it's going to be a very good thing for our, our gaming community and game world. I'm going to bring us all together and put us in the limelight. <laughs> That's about all I can say about it. I was going to ask about that and just about your future plans and uh, whether you would be also interested in acting in the future, but you already answered that just now. Yeah, I mean, I've done a couple pieces every now and then, commercial last year and uh, voiceover for a game, a little, little part, you know, last year, just a cameo form and things like that. But uh, yeah, I'm waiting to get a script. A movie company wants me to do a movie out out. Uh, California, so I'm waiting to see the script. I've gotten a bunch, you know, and they're just most of them have been just, I don't know, I'm just too picky, I guess, or not too picky. I just want, I just want to do something good, make count. And then also a game company uh, up in Canada. If it hadn't been the corona, I think we'd be doing that right now. I'm sure we would have. That would have been another full motion video game. And let's see, oh yeah, I got asked to uh, do a cooking show. <laughs> So I'll be talking to them probably tomorrow, if not tonight, for the details. Uh, I'm a pretty good cook, but I've never been on a cooking show. Uh, I think they want to have two horror villains cook off against each other. So uh, I'm waiting to hear from them. If they so, I might be giving Dean a call. I think I'm out cook him. I don't know. <laughs> if you get that, I hope that you'll make a recording. I would love to see that. And uh, I'm not sure if we would be able to see it otherwise over here. Well, uh, that, and then there's another TV show I'm not going to bring up that I know to get on if I'm out there. And yeah, mostly the one in development, the one for our, our game world, our gaming community. That's the one I'm most eager about. I really look forward to hearing more about that. Then there's one more topic that I also want to make sure we get to, because uh, I think it always tell something about a person. What kind of music do you like? You mentioned that um, you are also somebody who appreciates music a lot and that can play a big role in your life also, uh, has played. Well, uh, I, I am a, a hippie from long, long past. So, um, of course, Leonard Skinner, you know, old rock and roll, you know, stuff like that. But uh, I did dance ballet for almost 12 years. So I love classical. I, I love all of it. Um, Pretty much any genre. Some of it I've listened to more than others. Uh, a lot of music I use when you get the writer's block or you just or get depressed or something. Uh, or certain musicals or certain symphonies or certain certain pieces, certain 
uh, rock and roll songs or bands and specific numbers, you know. Leonard Cohen, Hallelujah, you know, that's got a specific place, puts me in a specific place. And me and Bobby McGee puts me in a specific place, you know. <laughs> Use music a lot to get my mood or attitude in a place where I can be productive or, uh, you know, get something done, whatever it is I'm trying. I'm all over the board with the music. I'm the same way. Whatever hits me right, then it doesn't matter what kind of music. Yeah, I had uh, just as many friends in music, like for my 40th birthday party in L.A. <clears throat> I was shooting on a movie that day when I when I got home. There was about, well, I knew it was going to happen. I had invited them. A little, little party, about 40 people, but I have a videotape. See, I had a video camera set up in the corner, and uh, I promised everybody I'd perform. So I did a I did a Mice and Men where you... To play all the characters because I won one state in Texas doing that, and it, it's uh, it's interesting, it's good, and uh, half the crowd was music. Uh, I really don't want to name names because everybody will know everybody there, but everybody's sitting around acoustically, and I mean, couldn't produce a concert for these people now. It'd be so outrageously expensive, and they're all sitting around my living room just playing guitars, and and uh, that's a good tape. That's a great tape. I haven't watched that in a long, long time. It sounds like good times also. I love hearing that you have, you know, uh, a lot of interaction. Uh, so it's not only in professional contexts, but you mentioned times when a lot of people were coming to your place. And so, you know, informally and in, in your private time. Yeah, my, my place was always an open door. I always had a room for somebody that needed it. Uh, a very supportive place where you could come and chill or vent or eat rehearse, anything. Yeah, nothing like I have here in Houston, what I had in L.A. But, you know, different scene. It was fun. I loved it. I really loved it. Michael had a whole list of questions, uh, all of them are good ones, and he asked, what scares you in real life? It kind of bounces off the phantasmagoria and horror work, but what would you say to that? What is scary in real life? Mm, well, I mean, uh, the exorcist scared the hell out of me, and the omen was pretty scary, and then Jaws, I guess, would be the next one, and then Aliens, as far as productions go. But, yeah, most of it doesn't, because I made many of them. I mean, it's hard to look at it without looking at it as making it, <laughs> you know, so it doesn't get that scary. But in real life, I would say I got my scuba license because I was afraid of deep, dark water. Uh, I jumped out of an airplane, uh, you know, Face that, did a lot of repelling off cliffs. That was that was extremely scary, very unnatural jumping backwards off a cliff. I loved it, but anything that really scared me like that, I tried to give it a go. Um, not really a lot scares me. I believe in aliens and ghosts and everything, so I mean, I'm just waiting for them to say hello. <laughs> Then another question from Michael Still. This goes back to the poetry. You already talked a bit about this, but what themes does your poetry focus on? You mentioned that it's very personal. Yeah, it's, it's really, uh, it is personal, because uh, this is going to be very exposing. Uh, but then people, you know, will also look at it, and I mean, some of it's going to look, it's, it's going to be depressing. I mean, it's going to be obvious that it's a very tough moment, but uh, got through it all. Because then they'll look at me now, and hopefully the words that I wrote at that time to get me through it or to understand it will help somebody else in a same situation, similar situation. Who knows? That's that's really what I'm hoping for. And yeah, it's it's a it's going to be very bearing of uh, 
my soul out there. But like I said, I don't get embarrassed. I'm gonna do it, and uh, I know it's right. I know it's good. It's good. So it'll be all right. Yeah, it's dark. It's definitely a dark. Not a lot of light pieces where you, you know, flowers and picnics and stuff like that. Uh, it's very deep. Uh, a lot of it uh, where it probably means something different the second time you read it because there's a lot of behind the lines meaning a lot of what I write. I'm just trying to get it all together, which is 95%. I just need to kick myself in the ass and get it done, and I could have it out in two weeks at the latest, and maybe a week. No, no, that's too early. I probably give away more than I sell, but uh, you know, I mean, you know, a lot of people I want to say thank you for this and that. And you're one, my friend. Uh, you're such a gentleman. I, I really appreciate you doing this. And I, this is so fun. So don't you buy a copy. Yours will be in the mail. Thank you. That means a lot to me. There's one thing I also wanted to ask you, um, kind of asking off the microphone, uh, but would you mind doing the questionnaire that James Lipton always asked at the end of Inside the Actor's Studio? I'd love to ask you those questions. Yeah, I went to the Actor's Studio. I studied there. I didn't uh, go all the way through to the graduation, but I went all the way up to some master classes. Uh, and I watched that show in the past. I can't remember the questionnaire, so <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> What is your favorite word? My favorite word, please. What is your least favorite word? Jealousy. What turns you on creatively, spiritually, or emotionally? Music, I would guess. What turns you off? What turns me off? Uh, lying. Envy, stealing, pretty much those three. <laughs> what is your favorite curse word? Uh, I'm trying to think. Uh, I really try to refrain from cussing, and uh, but you know, doesn't always happen. Uh, probably uh, shit. <laughs> that is a favorite one, I guess, with many, including me. <laughs> I, I also try not to do it in in company, but by bullshit. myself. Bullshit. Uh, bullshit or horseshit. <laughs> yeah. Those are satisfying words, so... <laughs> what sound or noise do you love? Uh, wind chimes. Oh, that's a good one. How about what sound or noise do you hate? Yelling, screaming. Then there's, actually, I noticed we already asked this, what profession other than your own would you like to attempt? Um, let's see, well, I'm tempted to try. Let's see, um, like I said, I would have... If I, had, if I had to do it all over again, I might have been an archaeologist, probably, geologist. What profession would you not like to do? I would not like to be a sanitation worker or a garbage picker-upper, uh, you know, something like that. Then that final question, if heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? You spread a lot of good karma made a difference to a lot of people and you have no clue you did and that's to me very important that's a great answer i just want to thank you again for doing this it was great well mr altman uh, i just really want to thank you i thoroughly enjoyed this time with you i look forward to being in touch with you uh, continually you're welcome here you're welcome here in america my friend and uh, i'll see you in finland definitely you are very welcome over here uh, whichever of our European countries you may decide to visit. And 
And uh, thanks again for doing this. It was an awesome talk and uh, this really made my day and month also. Thanks again very much, David Lee Home. This is wonderful. This is, uh, this is very real and heartfelt. I, I love it. I'm, I, I had a, such a good time. So relaxed. Thank you.